with diverse flora and fauna, magnificent natural landscapes, and an ecological biosphere that supports life, this wondrous planet is our earthly home. From our animal co-inhabitants to the lush rainforests and life-giving soil, we cherish all these as gifts from the Creator. It is a common theme in the world's major faiths that during our temporary stay here, we should be good stewards of Mother Earth. Throughout the years, Supreme Master Ching Hai has shared the message of leading a balanced life while following a spiritual path. Not only must we nourish our spirits, but we share the responsibility to care for nature and our fellow beings. In light of recent scientific evidence stressing the grave state of our planet caused by climate change, Supreme Master Ching Hai affirms the important message she has noted for over the past two decades. We must be vegetarian, meaning an animal-free diet, and practice sustainable living. Today we present to you Supreme Master Ching Hai's discussion on climate change titled Vegetarianism is the solution to save the world via video conference with our association members in London, the United Kingdom on June the 13th, 2008. Thanks for giving us the chance again to ask more questions. Yes? How is everybody doing? Very well. Very well. And you? Poor. <laughs> I'm fine, I'm fine. How is London? How's the weather? It's a bit cold at the moment. Uh, it was sunny, but a bit cold. But you look beautiful. <laughs> you look beautiful there? Now you look beautiful. I look beautiful? <laughs> Not as beautiful as you are. <laughs> oh, you're so Hi, Master. I would like to ask you a question, hey. if I may. Oh, sure, sure. Anybody may. Yeah. In the news, it is often reported that China and India are the biggest carbon emitters as they are developing countries and developing fast. Do you agree with that? Is it, it also appears that they are doing a lot to combat this problem. And yet, the Western countries do not wish to forego meat, changing incandescent bulbs, as they feel that the other side of the world is not pulling their weight. Hmm, yeah, so just sit there and wait for each other, huh? That's the solution, huh? <laughs> and playing the blame game. Okay, look, no matter who's right, who's wrong, 
it's no time to blame each other right now. We just have to do it with each other, okay? Because I myself don't want to blame anyone or any nation. I don't want to accuse anyone even concerning this. Uh, because they do what they do to survive according to what they know, you see? And what they think is best for their people, for their nation, or what they even emulate from somewhere else, from some other so-called better nations or more developed nations, yeah? So there's no one, uh, one single or couple nations responsible for CO2. We are all responsible because in the long term of evolution, we all did take some steps, however small, toward where we are today. So even if uh, China and India are the number one CO2 emitters, suppose even if they are, yeah? That is because of their huge population, yeah? Yes. Perhaps also, yeah? Not just because of their fast development, yeah? And as uh, other nations in this line, they are doing something also to try to avert the and to curb the global warming effect. Just not just quick enough. It's not just Indian or, or China. It's not quick enough everywhere. And as you know, according to a UN report and scientific evidence, CO2 is not even the most lethal. It's not even the most deadly of all the pollution. Yes? I give you some examples. For example, methane is uh, like 23 times more potent than CO2, yeah? And nitrous oxide is approximately 300 times more potent than CO2, you see? And livestock is the number one cause of methane. And uh, byproduct, also nitrous oxide, is also from uh, livestock. You see what I mean? Meat, eggs, dairy, responsible for 65% of worldwide human cost of nitrous oxide emission. So now, you see the picture, huh? Okay. Yes. We all know that already, yeah? From a UN uh, and a scientific report. So now even we know that meat and gas and the nitrous oxide is more deadly, more poisonous than CO2, and we have a lot of them, yeah? We have less CO2 in the atmosphere now than what is even in store for us in the ocean bed, because the ocean, the river also absorb CO2 and they store there, and when uh, it's cold, then uh, it just compressed there and lay there, harmless. But now as the weather is getting warmer and this gas is going to be released, it's already releasing into the atmosphere as you knew it from scientific uh, report. So now the permafrost layer is uh, melting each day and the methane gas or other gas even are releasing into the atmosphere. I really hope and pray 
that someone is listening. Because methane and nitrous oxide is made by stock rising, stock keeping, animals keeping. So they are far more poisonous, far more dangerous than CO2. Because uh, the, um, the atmosphere is getting warmer, and so the um, methane is bubbling out. If we stop the worst cause of global warming, meaning stock raising, animal breeding, then we will be able to save the planet. We have to stop the killing yeah, of men or animals. We have to stop producing animals' products and we have to stop using it, okay? Three stops. Stop killing, stop producing, stop using. And stop eating it, of course, stop eating the meat. And then the rest can follow as soon as technology is possible. Because, you know, technology takes some time. So the best thing is stop eating meat, stop killing animals, stop raising animals. Then the methane gas, the, uh, and the nitrous oxide gas, we stop. And then we cut already a big chunk of pollution of our air. And we cut off the global warming process. And I said already 80% of it will be cut almost immediately. And we can see the result in a few weeks. Because if you don't keep breeding more animals, and there are less methane, and if we don't eat meat, then there's no transportation necessary for it. And much less fuel needed, and all these people can be trained to do something else. Hmm? And there will be less hunger because we will use the uh, agricultural products, cereals, to feed humans instead of feeding more uh, bread animals in the future. So we don't have hunger anymore, and there will be no more war because of hunger. So it's just the, the, the effect is immense. Keep multiplying it, and then you know what I mean. Yeah. Because the methane gas it has been trapped all these, you know, centuries because of stock breeding into the lakes, in the, into the permafrost, into the ocean, and now if it's melting, then the gas will be released also. On top of that, we have daily more animal breeding, more uh, methane gas, then we will never stop. We just be more and more trouble, deeper and deeper into trouble. Yeah? So just stop killing animals, stop raising animals anymore. And, you know, the animal will die out, you know, in their own time, you know, in, in the natural course. And we don't produce any more methane gas, then it's just the perfect picture, no? Yeah. yeah. Huh? Even five years old kid understand that. Huh? Yeah, yeah. But I hope someone is listening. Do you understand? Yes, Master. Yeah. Because I've been talking to my knees all these years. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, whatever happened, I've done my best, and I'm doing my best. And you are doing your best. What else can we do, eh? Okay?
Any more questions, guys? Yes, Master. So uh, it is said that there are new age children and they have come to help humanity. Yes. Is it so? And uh, how can we make sure that the message can be spread without being blocked by the society? Message of the new age children, okay. Well, they have come. You are the new age children. <laughs> <laughs> Suppose they have come already, huh? And what can they do? The population of the world must change their way, yeah, to a nobler lifestyle. Otherwise, the new and the old will also both be affected, yeah? When you are both poisoned, it's very difficult to help each other, yeah? To some extent, you are affected too, you understand me? Just like the smoking people and the second-hand smoking people, yes, they are affected also, even if they're not smoking, okay? Now you see, the so-called old ages also came here in the beginning to do some good works, yeah? To do some repairing, to do some glorifying of the planet, to do some beautifying the universe, yeah? In this planet, yeah. But the poison of this world, through namely meat, alcohol, cigarette, drugs, intoxicants, etc., etc., have cast an iron chain on their mental, physical, emotional strength. So they even could not be the ones that they uh, should be. They cannot think the way they ought to think. They cannot do the things that they want to do. Only a few can stay awake or be awakened. And then these few awakened people try hard to wake others up. Sometimes they succeed, but often with much difficulty. That's why we have to detox ourselves first before we can help others, new age or old age. Because physically, if we are uh, intoxicated or if we are poisoned, we cannot be able to help anyone else, even ourselves. So if we want to detox ourselves, we have to refrain from further poisoning our body and mind by eating meat, taking alcohol or cigarette, drugs, any kind of poisonous intoxicant that is, is not natural to our Divine Body. Then the body and the mind will regain clarity, you see? Because if the body is strong and healthy, then the mind will be also clear. And then we can think better, we become ourselves, we regain our own wisdom and our own selves, like the primordial being before we come to this world.
and the cost of drug-related problem per year in the United States is 181 billion per year. When our body is healthy, our mind is clear, then we can receive better the divine messages, yeah? And the transmission will be without distortion, without obstruction or blockage. Otherwise, it can prove very difficult or impossible even. It depends on how deep we are in the quagmire of the pollution of this world depends on how much we have been poisoned or poisoned ourselves and depends on how much dose of the daily intake of the poison of this world. So if we purify ourselves, then uh, we will see great change almost immediately. But I just hope people do change, because this is very logic, you know? Yes, if you keep poisoning yourself, you cannot think, you cannot be well, physically, mentally, yeah? Okay. Yes, Master, thank you, Master. Yeah, you're welcome. Hello, Master, and welcome. Hello, welcome. Do you feel that world hunger is imminent? Well, it's already there. It's already imminent. You saw it. In many corners of the world, hunger is already a reality. It's a daily reality. And not just today, but since long. It's just getting worse nowadays, more obvious. 
You just have to tune into any TV channels, any radio, read any newspapers. They are full of reports almost daily about war hunger and the shortage of food, unaffordable food prices, unaffordable uh, daily necessity, basic necessity, and uh, unprecedented frequent disasters, and uh, crop failures due to bad weathers, and the non-stoppable sea rising levels, high price fuel shortages, incurable or strange new diseases, all of this is happening now, not just war hunger. Thank you, Master. Hello, Master. I'm sorry to paint the picture, but that's the way it is. You ask me, I tell you. Master, would you please advise us what is the best way to reach leaders of the world to convince them about the effects of global warming so that they will take immediate action? You go to meet them, hmm, if you can. You write to them, you know, write a lot. Email to them, fax to them, write to them. Write to newspapers, talk to radio, talk to TV, do interview, tell everybody you know. Try lobbying where you can. Talk to the leaders that you know. Talk to their friends. If you cannot know the leader, you talk to the leader's friends, the leader's family, the leader's acquaintance, the leader waiter, waitress, housekeepers, cleaners, drivers, their family members, their children, the children who go to the same school as your children, their employees, their secretary, whoever you think can reach the leader's ears in an acceptable way. Of course, don't make yourself illegal, huh? <laughs> God, I need you outside. <laughs> I need you free to work. Some of you must have known at least some of the leaders or potential helpers who can reach the leaders directly or indirectly. Try your best, whatever you can, if you can. Hmm? Oh, your friends know somebody, yeah? Or your friends of your friends of your friends of your friends of the friends of your friend of your friend, your friend know somebody. Reach out, trying to find, talk to them, write to them, yeah? Make noise. Okay? Yeah. Because the leaders, they also need advice. Sometimes they're too busy with their immediate daily task or routine or protocol, they forgot, yeah? Okay, thank you for asking that, and try to do it. Hello, Master. If, Hello. If we do reach the point of no return, how is it going to happen? Will it, will it be instant or long drawn, like a few years of major global disasters? Oh, my dear God, my dear beloved friends, I don't really want to tell you but uh, I have to, I guess. If we do reach the point of no return, then we can't return. We can't return to the normal life that we had before that. However, less peaceful the life that we're having now is still better than 
after the point of no return. It will be a long drawn, as you put it. It will be a long, long, long drawn. Long process. Long enough of agony that some people will wish they have never been born on this planet. I do not wish to envision this. Sometimes I close my eyes, I shake my head. I get out of the vision. Whenever I see something I don't want to see. I do not want to even elaborate this to you. I pray that it won't happen. I pray that people in the world wake up on time and just forsake that piece of meat. Then everything will be just fine. Everything will be beautiful, nice, peaceful. Just please do what you can to help people to understand the urgency of it. Okay? Okay. Thank you, Master. You're welcome, Hello, Master. Hello. In his documentary, An Inconvenient Truth, Al Gore mentioned that there has been no better time than now to set up businesses that can contribute towards helping the planet. Yes. My question is, what jobs or businesses are available or will become available in the near future to help people to look for a change in careers, such as cattle farmers who hang on to their jobs through fear, unless we can show them an alternative? Yes. Of course, of course. You see, oh, we can do that. We can show them, yeah. Uh, they can be trained by government uh, in new green technology, yeah and sustainable works, and uh, biology, yes. And we can tell them to plant vegetables uh, to feed the food shortage human demand now, instead of feeding cattle or animals with human food, yeah. They can help to regain world balance and be a hero to save our planet. They should be told this, yeah. The government can help with uh, subsidize, you know, and so they can grow crop for humans instead of using the land for raising animals, which is causing a lot of damage. So we will then have plenty of all vegetable protein to feed all the humans right now, and even whatever animal that exists yeah, on this planet, if we don't breed them anymore. We just let them go out by themselves in a natural course. It's plenty for everybody. God has created this planet so that we have enough food to survive. We have enough everything to lead a very comfortable and happy life. It's just we have overspent yeah, our merit and our resource. And now we can still stop it. We can still stop it. We can still reverse the effect. Yeah? So, uh, if we explain all this to them, maybe they will understand. I'm sure they understand, you know? Mm. I'm sure they will understand that they can be a hero to save the planet by planting crops for humans. Right now, we're short of food. That will be an incentive, okay? 
that will be something for them to look forward to. Farmer can still be a farmer if they plant vegetables instead of raising animals. If we have enough food, no more strike, yeah? And no more war, people will be happy, peaceful, contented, loving, living next to each other, with each other and with animals. Things will be like heaven. It's not difficult. It's a very simple thing to do. If everybody cooperates, heaven can be realized. It's not that difficult. Just forsake that piece of meat and replace it with a piece of tofu or vegetable protein. You know, we have a lot nowadays. Look beautiful, taste delicious. We have thousands of recipes for everybody to copy free of charge. Yeah? We're even willing to help them to, to show them how to cook even. There's so much food to eat. Okay? Thank you. Thank you, Master. Thank you. Thank you. Hello. Hello. Um, Master, we are aware that we need to get everyone to be vegetarians to reverse climate change quickly and immediately. However, as it is a slow process to change people's attitude, is it enough to save the planet by just recycling, using the car less? Well, I hope. I wish, I wish that it is, but it isn't, honey. It helps it to some extent, but it's not enough, it's never enough. Of course, from all the scientific facts, from all the reports, we know the cars, the recycling, the garbage, they are not the main cause of global warming. They are not the main polluter of the planet. They are not the, the main cause of killer, yeah? So we know that. It helps uh, some very small degree, yeah? So if you really <laughs> don't believe me, you sit down, make a calculation, yeah? Then you see. Just a little mathematical calculation, yeah? All the costs of uh, deforestation, all the costs of transportation, all the costs of water, all the costs of medicine, all the costs of uh, sickness, yeah? or the cost of building hospital, training more doctors, and making more medicine, and then, uh, you know, making people even cannot think because they are sick, and all the heartache of being sick, and causing trouble for the loved ones by being sick, and then all the trouble or the cost of uh, war because of hunger, because of food insecurity, you add them all together. And uh, all the reservation, you know, as uh, the chief of the uh, UN International Panel of Climate Change said, he said that all the refrigerator also, yeah? And all the sickness that go into the body of the animals and then go into you. I'm not talking about karmic retribution yet, okay? I'm just talking scientifically and the evidence physically.
No, vegetarianism is the only solution. It's the best, the fastest solution. Surprisingly, you know, everybody go around it. Just some few people mentioned it. The rest just tried to go around it. Okay, we recycle. Okay, we use less car. Okay, we go bicycle. Yeah. Uh, okay, we uh, buy a few or whatever. Everybody knows by now. I mean, the people who has a power to know, who has enough communication ability. Nowadays, there are television, radio, newspapers, and even mouthpiece. You know, everyone know already that vegetarianism is the solution to save the world. But it seems that vegetarianism escapes from the minds of many leaders and the people of the world. So, I don't know what to say anymore. I keep telling everyone, and you also keep telling everyone that you, you know, and you try your best to spread the news. Some people do turn into vegetarian, that's for sure. That's why I have told you we have gained seven months plus for the deadline. Yeah? Like we have gained seven months more to live, <laughs> to save the planet. That's what it is. Yes. But that's not forever, is it? Yes. And it's not fast enough, is it? I would like to have gained 700 years, at least, so that we can have time to, you know, catch up with technology and have time to let our Mother Earth rest, to restore her health, and then to replenish the abundance of uh, whatever we need in this world. You know how I really want to embrace the leaders and the non-leaders people of this world. Wake up. Wake up now. Wake up, my love. Wake up, my friend. Save yourself. Wake up and save yourself and save all of us. How I really love to give them all the knowledge that I have because that is the best present that anyone could give to anyone. Thank you, Master. Master, how could the governments give incentive to animal farmers, including growing crops for animal feed, to switch to the production of plant-based food for human consumption? The governments, first they have to be willing to want to do it. First they have to wake up themselves. They have to go over the boundary of protocol and habitual routine work because this is a special situation and it needs special measurement, even desperate measurement. So they could encourage the farmers to grow, to grow crops, give them subsidies to grow vegetables, replacing uh, the loss of meat. Just give them subsidies for growing vegetables. The more they grow, the more subsidies they get. You see? And the farmers also have to be explained that they would be doing the world a great service. They would be a great hero, the world savers, if they grow vegetables to feed humans instead of uh, raising animals.
and let the animals be. We have to tell them, the government have to tell them that they have to treat the animals with all kindness, the one that exists, until they come back to heaven naturally. Not breeding them anymore, not to talk about killing them, they have to stop all that. To save the planet, they can do it by stop raising stock, stop breeding animals and stop butchering them for a living. They will understand if all involved, if the government really uh, use their power to explain to them, yeah, and giving them some uh, other alternative to live on, yeah, give them the explanation, the subsidize the need, the alternative jobs, or the alternative choice. We have choices. We have jobs. We create green energy, yeah, uh, sustainable energy. And even growing vegetables now is on demand. We are short of food. Everywhere is food shortage. Everywhere the food price rising so high that people, even middle class people, are having difficulty to make ends meet. So growing vegetables now should be profitable. Should be a very good incentive already. If the government encourage them, explain to them, they will know it. And the best if the government can do it. But you, individuals, citizens of the world, can also do it. Try to go to the farmers, one by one, whenever you can, make the time to go. Even though we are not in a power position like the government, but we can try, one by one, to persuade the farmers to change their life, to grow vegetables, to feed humans instead of raising animals. Tell them the picture, tell them the situation. Tell them again and again until they understand. Write to them. Talk to them. Yeah? We can only try our best, you know? Because the rest is up to the karma of the world. Up to the people to understand and to change to a more compassionate life. But they are in need of great help because they have been poisoned for so long. Don't be surprised if it would be a difficult task to even make them understand. But the government can do it by subsidize, by incentive, yeah? 
by making it all open and uh, like a trend everywhere, yeah? And the government and the media again and again, I said, these are the people in a position of power who can make change faster than we, ordinary people. But still, if they don't do it, we have to do it, okay? Whoever wants to do it, whoever can, do it. Go to the farmers, talk to them. Change from the grassroots. That's all I can say for now. And some of the farmers we change. All of them we change in time. And I hope it's on time. I told you already, by mathematical calculation. Hmm? You do the calculation and you show it to them. Okay? Yes. It's not that easy. Uh, when you just talk, you tell them, you show them the proof of calculation, yeah? Physical proof. But uh, generally, we will have less war, yeah? Because we will have food enough to feed human, because we don't feed animals that keep breeding, breeding. And all the medicine and all the water and all the waste land and all the transportation, yeah? And all the petrol needed for transportation and for preservation, and all the people who are wasting their time and their good merit to butcher them and supplying them and all the people who are eating them and wasting their good merit and all that. There will be less war then if we are vegetarian, less war, because there will be plenty of food, yeah? And uh, the list can go on forever, yeah. Even fuel price will drop down because we don't need so much transportation. And... Uh, preservation for animals, and the medicine cost, and the sickness cost of all the people who eat meat, and, the, you know, the maintenance of the hospital, and all the equipment that needed in there, and all the energy that's used in the hospitals, and at home, and the employment lost because they cannot work, and etc., 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 yeah? And because when they're sick, they could not even work, yeah. Because when they're sick also, their mental health is not well. Because when you eat vegetarian, you're well, you're better, you're stronger, you're clearer, you don't have the poison. Not to talk about the gut karma from the meat diet. Nowadays, all the scientists have proven already that vegetarian food is very, very healthy. And once you have a bodily health, your mental health follow. Don't you feel better now that uh, you have followed my advice and eat vegetarian diet? Yes, you see? Tell that to them by experience even. We are not just talking.
then when your mental health already intact, you see, we can think clearer and we feel more relaxed and we don't want to make war with neighbors, see? We are more loving human nature, we are more ourselves, and all will be well. Everything that you want to do, you can do better. And you'll be like a normal human, like a true human. When you're sick, sometimes you have to take some drug that make you feel drowsy and very tired and very different from uh, the way you were before, right? You are in an even bad mood, irritable mood, and you, you don't even want to talk to nobody. You don't even want to do anything. You're too tired, too depleted from the sickness as well as from the medicine. So after you're well, you feel okay, you think clear, and you sometimes wonder how you felt the way you did before, huh? under the sickness and under drug, no? Yes, okay. So uh, one of my assistants, he told me about a story of his brother. His brother used to smoke, and after he quit, the brother told him, told the family that this is a completely different world now <laughs> that he doesn't know before. Uh, yeah. Even just to quit smoking, you see, you feel lighter, you feel so much better than you imagine that you would feel. See, because when you're sick, when you're tired, when you're under influence of drug or smoke or whatever, you know, intoxicant, you can't think the way you, you would think. You can't feel the way you should feel. You don't even know anything else except what you are feeling, which is lousy anyway, yeah? So you see, some of the smoke quitters would know this and would tell you, see, after they quit, or after the drug addict, they quit. They will tell you a world of different. They will feel completely different than the person they were before under the influence of the drug. It's the same with vegetarian diet. This is the best diet. This is the only diet that the human should follow. It is it's not befitting a human, a dignified human, to eat the dead flesh of an animal. Even animals, when they have the choice, even tiger, lion, and when they have the choice, they don't eat. They don't eat the 
meat. You know, there was the story in a Yogananda book, yeah? The autobiography of Yogananda. He wrote that one of the, the yogis in uh, India, he tamed a lion, remember? Yeah, and that lion refused to eat meat. He just eat vegetarian with the yogi and lie at his feet just like a little kitten after being vegetarian. <laughs> you know, he don't uh, kill nothing, he don't want to eat meat, he don't do anything anymore. You know, meat eating is not fit for anyone. Not even animals, but sometimes they don't have choice, they have to do it. You know, even some of the uh, the birds, with, they're supposed to eat some other smaller insect or something, or smaller fish or smaller bird. When I feed them vegetarian, they don't go there to eat fish or, or other animal. They continue to come to my house to eat vegetarian. Even my dogs, they refuse meat. They don't eat meat anymore. After they've been with me and vegetarian, they know vegetarian is good, they don't eat meat. And even sometimes, you know, the vegetarian food, they made it so real, it stings, yeah? You know that. Some of the fish, uh, vegetarian fish, vegan fish, actually, it stings so much. <laughs> I thought I'm in the fish market, <laughs> And even, even if it's vegetarian, I cannot eat because it stings. And my dogs refuse to eat those stinking fish. Yeah, if I give them those vegetarian stinking fish, I thought, okay, maybe I'm too picky, you know? I'm too picky, so okay, give it to the dog. They just marry it and they run away. <laughs> yeah. So even animals, they refuse to eat it because they know it's not good for them. If they have a choice, they don't take meat. So if we are human beings, we should know that this is very, very bad for us, very detrimental to our uh, spiritual, mental, physical, emotional, psychological health. Everything is bad for us to eat another being. Okay? So you can uh, do all that calculation and prove it to them. But you see, you can only do your best. Yeah? All right? Whatever happened, happened. Okay? Hello, Master. Yeah. Would it help to tackle climate change if the governments control the amount of animals that is raised in each farm and also limit the amount of meat sold in each supermarket? Yeah, well, some idea, huh? It would help, I guess. It would help to some extent. Of course, anything helps. But uh, it's uh, maybe not uh, strong enough. Maybe we can ban meat indoor and outdoor, like ban smoke. Because out of sight, out of mind, yeah? Mm. Uh, you see, when the smoking ban imposed in many countries, the people smoke less, yeah? Very dramatically reduce the smokers' uh, population, yeah? And so many diseases and so many sickness, so many trouble has decreased also together with it. You see? It disappeared, yeah? Many sickness disappear or lessen or uh, reduce in uh, seriousness, yeah? So it's very beneficial when the government bans something. You see, people support it, yeah? Oh, one or two complain, I guess, but they know it's right also for them not to smoke. 
Yeah. I talk to many smokers. I always tell them uh, it's not good for you. And they say, they know it, we know it, we know it. I say, I'm sorry to keep telling you like a mother, and you probably heard it enough from everybody, but uh, I think it's the best for you not to smoke. You're too pretty to smoke. And you make yourself old and smelly. <laughs> and they say, no, no, <laughs> no, no, you're right, you're right. You know, I know it, I'm going to quit. Uh, in fact, I'm going to quit tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> something like that, yeah. Yeah, I have a couple who tell me that, you know, after I told them. And they did quit, yeah. So, you see, uh, when the government put their feet, yeah, on the ground and say, that's it, enough is enough, we stop, we ban it. And the, the people might complain a little, but they, they follow and they reduce their smoking. And uh, especially the, the younger people, they will know that this is not a sociably acceptable behavior to smoke. Then they stop. The, the percentage of teenagers quit smoking are uh, not increasing smoking compared to other time when the smoking ban was not imposed. It was really impressive. Just a few months, and they have a statistic already. Very impressive. So if the government uh, really banned the meat, I think the people will support it. You see what I mean? Yeah. Because if people have to kill a living, breathing, loving, gentle, innocent animals to put it in their mouth, I think they will stop. Just the most of the people, they don't know what a gruesome thing in the slaughterhouse for the animals to be killed. They don't know it. It's out of their mind. They make the piece of meat look good. They even decorate it and pamper it with all kinds of spice, and the people just eat it. They don't even associate that piece of meat with a living, breathing, loving, gentle, kind, innocent, loving, living being. They don't associate. But if they have to go out and kill it for themselves, then they, I think they will stop. So this is a good idea. The government can ban the meat, indoor, outdoor, or outdoor, indoor, or in the restaurant. And then we go from there. I think it will help to drive home the serious detrimental effect of animal eating habit. I think the people will realize it more, and they will stop and they will support the government.
And meanwhile, uh, the government can let the, the public know about the beneficial effect that we can have by having vegetarian diet. Yeah? They have to publicize it everywhere. They have to give leaflets to people to read, make it a public job to do it, you know? And then make classes of vegetarian cooking available to people free of charge in the school, in high school or something. I used to teach vegetarian in, in a nice school in Germany, uh, free, you know? Yeah, there are people who would like to go there and teach free. As the government just have to encourage it and make it available, make it publicly uh, known to everybody. Then everybody will follow. After all, they are so-called leaders, no? They are presidents, they are leaders of the country. So if they lead, people will follow. That's why they vote for them, to lead them. So I'm sure people will follow what the government proposed, especially when they know it's good for them, and good for the planet, and good for the future of their children, because they don't want to kill their children. If the planet is uh, damaged, ruined, or bad, inhabitable in any way, their children will be affected. And I think everybody loves their children, including the leaders and the government officials the one in power. They all love their children, so they have to do it now. There's no other choice. You see, they have to give uh, official endorsements, yeah? And let everybody know about the benefits of vegetarian diet. They have to create website for vegetarian menus or free of charge, class for vegetarian cooking, vegetarian club, make it official, then everybody would follow it like a trend, like a happy trend, you know, some new change in the world. And they have to explain more to people the seriousness of the change that we're facing right now, the danger that we're facing, and the worst consequences if we don't uh, do something, if we don't follow the vegetarian diet, and we don't cut out emissions. They could also put high tax on meat, on ban it all together, ban the killing of animals, and educate people into a brand new, exciting way of life. Yeah? Yeah, tell them to do some other job, give them some other new job to do, and explain to them, you know, the benefit of a new life, which is full of health, full of virgil, and peace, love, and happiness. Everyone would look forward to that. At least they would try. And then once they try it, they know it works. And if everybody else trying it, their neighbor trying it, their friends trying it, then there is a supporting energy, and the whole world will change. I can't wait to see that day <laughs> when we all enjoy love, contentment, and enlightenment, and live in peace. Hello, Master. Hello. I have a question. Uh, I have read a book a long time ago. Uh, it was a spiritual book. What book is that? Um, I forgot the title. Okay. Yeah, it was talking about the history of our planet and yeah. other planets told by the Pleiadians, yeah. the, the carrier of light. Uh, they mentioned that there were periods when instant karma was necessary uh, imposed on the human race at the time to restore uh, order on Earth. 
Yeah. Uh, my question is, uh, is it uh, not the time now for this uh, law to be applied to help uh, the humankind to stop destroying uh, ourselves and, and the planet? How did the law apply at that time? Uh, the law apply instantly for a any bad deeds. Anyone behave badly will get the bad results straight away. You mean from heaven or from the government? Uh, from heaven, from heaven. Okay, I understand. Okay, I understand. Well, don't you see to some degree it is now applying? Uh, yes, but it's not instant enough, I think. Oh, baby. Have to be merciful. Hmm? We have to be merciful and patient and give people a chance to change. Yeah? Uh, I would not like this instant karma stuff. But to some degree, uh, we have some uh, karmic law apply already. Like we have war, terrible plagues, we have famine, we have disaster. Climate heat up now, etc., etc. Well, it does happen already. You know, over the period of time of human history, and it's happening worse now. To some, they would know that instantly. To some, it's later or even after this life. You see, but just people don't realize it that it is a bad karma uh, retribution. They don't realize that it's a bad effect of their action, you see. They are not uh, in direct uh, communication with the law of divine, so they do not understand it. So if they have a sickness, if they have disaster befalling them, they would just take it as a natural. And they're just lamenting their bad luck. But they do not understand that uh, this is the bad karmic retribution of what they have been doing maybe in a past life or even in this lifetime. The more they entangle in uh, this uh, poisonous uh, way of life in this world, the less the message of heaven can get through to them. The soul is perfectly pure, but the soul cannot get through the mind to tell the mind that stop this, this is no good for you. Sometimes the people have uh, a flash of intuition that this is no good. But then uh, the busy uh, humdrum of this world make them forget again next minute. They're too busy. The king of illusion make them busy. Make them slaves to the sense, to the immediate survival need. So they have lost the divine contact. You see, this is more to be more pity than to punish. You don't understand. They have been poisoned. Just like when you're sick, you take some certain medicine, it makes you drowsy, groggy, you can't even think, you don't even want to wake up, you can't even, you know, want to talk on the phone with your friend, you don't even want to do anything, you can't even think of doing anything. This is the same with, almost same situation with the people of the world. They are very, very pitiful. They came here with the best intention, but they get entangled and poisoned by the atmosphere, by the way of living in this world. When the baby was born, he was just taking milk. But later on, the parents or anyone forced meat upon them. Some, most of the children, they don't eat meat, they spit out the meat. But then the parents keep forcing them until they get used to it. And then they grow up eating meat like everyone else. Do you understand me? 
That's why most of uh, most women, when they have pregnant, the first or second month, they keep vomiting. They can't eat fish. They can't even smell fish. Anything animal go into their mouth, they, they vomit for one or two months long. You know that? Yeah. Yeah, because the baby inside tell them, don't eat this. I can't bear it. It's not for me. You're polluting me. You're degrading me. You're making bad karma for both of us. Do you understand that? Yeah. That's what the baby telling the mother. But she just don't listen. And she keeps forcing her way. And then later on, of course, the baby give up. Otherwise, both of them will die of starvation. Do you capish? Yeah. yeah. And after they were born, the baby still contact with heaven for a while. But as, how long can the baby mind, the withstand, the, you know, the poison of the meat and all that that they give to them. And so later on, after some years, they succumb to the same uh, situation like everyone else on this planet. They are very pitiful, the people. That's why Jesus came to rescue them. That's why Buddha had patience for 80 years. That's why Mohammed endured all the persecution and all the dangers to rescue disciples or whoever believe in him. That's why Mahavira came down and many other masters. At uh, Guru Nanak, and, uh, you know, I can mention it all. Of course, you know, huh? You know, I respect all of them. That's why despite the denseness, the coarseness, the suffering of this world, much more suffering for the sensitive soul of the saints, they still come down because they feel sorry for the people here who has been blindfolded under the influence of, of illusion, been poisoned, and still have to continue on living and pay the penalty for, for what they don't even know what they're doing. That's why Jesus forgive them, say, please, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. It's truly like that. He knows they don't know what they're doing. So the karma is very strict law, of course, but I would like him to be more lenient to the people, of course. Uh, of course, sometimes I talk to the Lord of Karma, I say, please, I don't really know. Oh, this is too much. So we try to prolong it as much as we can until the people wake up and whoever can wake up, you see? But still, to some people, they have been too deeply indebted, which they have not even borrowed. But they did not know that the lot of illusion of this world have already made them indebted, that uh, they have to be accounted for their action. Therefore, to some people, they cannot escape. Yeah, therefore, to those people, it's quicker, bad karmic reaction, yeah? The bad karmic uh, retribution. To some people, it's uh, prolonged, because to some people, they have a better karma in their previous lives, or even this life, due to some good merit that uh, we don't even know what they do. You know, sometimes they do some good things that nobody knows. Yeah, they might give to charity, or they might be good to some uh, some master which they don't know. They might serve some saints that they don't even know they are saints. Maybe they help some some uh, holy person which doesn't appear to be a holy person, but when they help them, they help with all their heart. Yeah, in the previous lives or in this life, so they still have the store good merit. The storage of good merit has not run out. So some of these people still waiting, yeah? And I hope I can wake them up, or they are waking up by some reason, before their marriage bank runs out. 
You understand, right? Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Master. Uh, yeah, you're welcome. The law of karma always apply. Actually, it's just, you know, sooner or later, because some people don't know, yeah? Sometimes they don't apply directly to that person. That's the problem. You see, for example, the father did it, but the son will get it. That's even more painful. Do you understand or not? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, because sometimes the law of karma cannot apply to the father, maybe because the father still have a good marriage, yeah? Some leftover store, good marriage. So that bad karma do not apply directly to the father. And then it goes to the son. Because son, father is all in the family. They, they can pay for each other. So, for example, if uh, my father is uh, in debt or something, and I have a lot of money, I can pay for him. Do you understand me? Even if I don't want to pay for him, the lawyer of the opponent will take it from my bank account, by law. Do you capish? Yes. Yeah, similar like that. So the pain will be there in one form or another, yeah? Um, sometimes it even feels worse when it's your loved one to suffer instead of you. You know that, yeah? Yourself. Okay. Uh, even there's some example, like in the Bible, you know, the Christian Bible? Hmm? King David, you remember? Although he's a very good king, but he did some bad things. He fancied one of, the, of his subordinates, uh, a wife, and he took her for his wife, and then he killed the husband. So he enjoyed her, but then his country then has been plagued with uh, sickness for some time. Do you remember that story? So the law of retribution, the karmic retribution never fail. It just applies differently, and sometimes we don't know how it works. That's all. Okay? Not all people know about how the karma works. That's why they do what they do. Yeah? Because if they know it, they wouldn't dare. Hello, Master. Yes, hello, who's there? Hi. Knock, knock. How did we humans ever start killing animals to feed ourselves? Oh, that goes back to, for a long time, prehistoric. <laughs> In the beginning, people don't eat animals. They only eat plants or fruits, yeah? Fruits, mostly when they find it, because at that time, the forest is still um, lush for fruits, and uh, wild plants are still plentiful. We don't have high-rise building, we don't have pollution, they grow, uh, grow vegetables and everything is fine. And they feed in themselves with the plant-based diet and the fruit-based diet. And some may don't even eat. The one who came direct immediately from heaven at that time, and from the very beginning of the beginning of the beginning, the human race were divine nature. They did not eat. And then sometimes they suddenly uh, see some foam from the sea and they just by frolicking with the water, they taste it, and it tastes so sweet. That was nectar in the beginning. The sea was not salted like what it is now. It offers some good, like, a form of sweetness nectar. So they took it and ate it. They didn't really take it. It just come into their mouth, and then they eat it, and then one tell the other, and they begin eating that. And later, the more they eat, the more they become uh, heavy. They could not fly anymore. They used to fly. Uh, you know, like birds without wings. And they live freely with one another, you know, man and woman, like the story of Eden. And then slowly they eat that, and then uh, some more things are crawling, and then they become more hungry after eating that. And then they eat more, 
of this uh, crawling stuff, and then they eat the fruits, and then they eat the vegetable. That was fine for a while. But the more they eat of anything that grow on the earth, the less they be able to fly or to be the one that they used to be when they first came. So they have to walk now, so they have to walk and find food and all that. And that was okay until some people pick up some of the burnt animals that has been uh, burnt by the fire of the forest, you know. And then they picked them up and they tried it because they were hungry. Because the more they eat, the more they're hungry now. Before they didn't know what hunger is. And then they begin eating things, they become more hungry. And so when they could not find any plant thing to eat at that time, Maybe the forest was on fire or some something somehow, and they pick up the dead body of the animals and they tried it. Some people tried it somehow, and then because they're hungry, it tastes okay to them, and then they feel satisfied for a while, and they they think it's okay to eat that, and then they keep relying on that. And after they don't have those burnt or natural dead animal to eat anymore, they go out hunting, chasing animal and kill them to eat, and that's how it begins. That's a sad story, but that's how it began. And then that knowledge is passed on to the next, the next, and the next generation. And that's what we are right now. That's how we arrive to where we are right now, in our state of being, okay? So we have to return to the Eden state of uh, existence, yeah? The plant-based diet, so that we can go back to the divine nature that we are. Okay? Thank you, Thank you, Master. You're welcome. Uh, Master, could we share some positive news with you? Yes. Great. Hi there. <laughs> and I like that. Um, I've got some feedback from one of our association members in London who owns a vegan restaurant. And recently they've noticed a rapid increase in the numbers of non-vegetarians seeking an alternative diet. 
Um, and after the delicious and nutritious food that they've been trying, yes. many have been convinced of the lifestyle and environmental uh, benefits of a meat-free diet. Yes, I'm happy. Very good, very good. I'm happy. Oh. Yeah, they've, they've got really, really busy recently. It's great. Oh, cool. And so I've got another one for you as well. Uh -huh. um, the author of the Vegetarian London Guide, who visited this restaurant, the same restaurant, has yeah. reported that 40 vegetarian outlets have opened in London since the last edition, the last publication of the guide. Uh-huh. So we have more choice now in London, huh? Yeah. Congratulations. Good for you. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, uh, I'm so happy. You know, it could be also due to the fact that you are meditating and you are going out, uh, you know, distributing leaflets and all that, and then people get more used to with the idea, you see? Yeah. So thank you very much, huh, for what you have done and what you're doing and what you will be doing. Truly, if humans just turn away from meat and forsake that killing, then heaven will, will be different. Heaven will blessing human a lot. Because when you turn away from, from badness, then you face goodness. You understand? There are only two things in this world. Goodness and badness, yeah? Yes, yes. You turn away from the darkness, then you see the light. Okay. Turn away from negative, then you face the positive. It's, it's very simple and logical. You turn away from killing, then you have longer life. You turn away from causing suffering, then you have a happier existence. Yeah, very logical. As you saw, so shall you reap. So I hope everyone in the world will truly turn away from this negative habit of meat-eating, because that is indirect killing, and that won't help us to live a long life or eternal life. We have to turn away from badness, so that we can be the way we are, because we are divine. All right, I hope to see you some other time. God bless you. Thank you, And I love you. It's my duty. I'm your teacher, no? Oh, very kind one, very kind. I'm just uh, sorry that sometimes, uh, due to bad karmic hindrance, I cannot always be with you and to serve you more, you know? That's my regret, but uh, I try my best to do whatever I can, huh? We are very grateful, you. and you do a lot. So what are you doing after this? I think first we will eat. Yes, food, wow, wonderful. <laughs> what kind of food? Wow, I... noodles, Chinese noodles. Oh, <laughs> you know, sometimes I really miss uh, England because they have a lot of things there. Everything there is good, you know? They have uh, good food, vegetarian food in abundance. I am really happy for you. Yeah, we are, we are lucky. Yeah. yeah, you're lucky because for Westerners, how do they know to make such a beautiful vegetarian ham, you know, vegan chicken and all that tastes delicious? I don't know why everybody have to eat meat anymore. <laughs> huh? Because they're, they're so good, huh? They're so good. Yeah. You know what? If the government really make it all official, they will be selling this everywhere, and then people will know about it, and they will easily put down a piece of meat because there are many substitutes which is even better. Yeah. 
and it's a pity because it's so so easy to be vegetarian. Huh? They don't have to follow me or anything. Just be vegetarian and enjoy their life. Yeah, enjoy the health, the benefit and mental lightness and carefree and happiness and loving attitude. Everything will come into their possession if they eat vegetarian. Yeah, and even cheaper, no? Cheaper to buy. Cheaped in the long run because they don't have to pay much for the medical treatment and yeah, they don't have to suffer even. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, we keep talking to my own ears. <laughs> At least you listen. Yeah, okay. And save yourselves. If we cannot save anybody else, we save ourselves. At least, okay? And I love you. I love you for waking up, for listening to me and wake up and helping yourselves and helping others who are still asleep. You know I teach you the right thing, right? Yeah. Take care. Huh? That was just a bonus, okay? <laughs> love, love.